As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Hey guys, it's Michael again. So we're only going to do this this month and we're only going to do this once a year, but we really do need your support to continue to bring you this podcast and these amazing conversations with all of the insights that you bring directly back into your business. So what I'm asking you to do is go to rocketship.fm forward slash 2015. That's rocketship.fm forward slash 2015 and pick one of the amazing gifts and help us bring you this programming next year. And if you haven't yet, check out our book, Plan Twice, Build Once. It's our retrospective of last year where we went back and pulled out the best quotes and insights from the over 100 founders that we talked to and put them together in a beautiful hardcover book for you. I am so excited to get this into your hands. 
So go to rocketship.fm forward slash 2015. When you purchase that book, you help us bring you this program. So, all right, enough of that. Let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Michael Saka. Today, we have a very special episode for you. Um, we went out and found stories on team productivity. And now this is something that's really, uh, that I've struggled with personally. So I wanted to hear what other founders were doing to get their team through those hard times and how they keep everybody motivated. And Joelle, you talked to two, two of the founders today. And um, what was your big kind of takeaway from the conversations? So the big takeaway for me, even though both founders and teams face different challenges and have very different personalities and cultures and all that, the overarching thing is that everyone needs a sense of purpose and ownership over what they're doing. Um, And then they need to be able to celebrate the wins, even if they're small. Um, And that's something that's really important for us as well. I know like, you know, Matt and I, we might get, um, you know, a certain number of signups on something and it might not be a huge number, but we'll have a beer over it and we'll cheers and say, okay, that was great. Let's do better or let's try this or or whatever and move on. But you don't just like ignore the fact that you had some kind of win. Um, So that's something that's big for us. Um, Yeah. And I think another important kind of, um, I don't know, in 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 my conversation, she she was trying to get her team through this really hard time um, where they, they couldn't quite find the market. Um, they had some really big competitors who were doing really well. Um, and she had a team that was without growth. They, they weren't able to, um, to, to get excited. They didn't have those wins. And so she, you have to start looking outside of even the business metrics to, to keep the team together. Cause you're really growing a family. Um, and, and that was one of the lessons that I took away from her was, um, there is motivation outside of metrics and, and outside of growth. You just really have to find it. And that's a very personal thing. Um, and as a founder, it's a very, you have to have some intuition to be able to pull it off because you have to actually know people and, and know the people that you've hired. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, um, let's get into the first one. Yes. Yeah, so first, uh, I talked to the co-founders of Embark, uh, Brian Hall and Al Bashara, and they talked about how um, they kept their team motivated through kind of a similar situation you just described. Um, and it was a great chat with them. We'll get into it right now. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com slash RocketShip to get 20% off three months. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash rocketship to start sending emails that convert. We'd also like to thank Envision app. Envision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. I can personally say I can't imagine delivering another design comp without it. Go to envisionapp.com forward slash rocketship and sign up to get their starter plan free for 90 days. Uh, my name is Al Bashera. I'm the, the CEO. Um, and I'm Brian Hall, the CTO. And so Embark, what we do is, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that affect revenue for people with regards to email. Um, and, you know, as a good correlation, if you look at search engine optimization, you absolutely have to do a good job of search engine optimization to make sure that you end up with good search results because Google is kind of got these crazy algorithms that determine whether you show up in results or not. Well, 
the same thing is happening in email. Uh, and if you're not doing email delivery optimization, uh, the odds of you getting into the inbox are much, much less. And Gmail has complicated algorithms, Yahoo, Hotmail, all of these guys are implementing these things that determine whether or not your stuff gets where you need it to go. And so it's really complicated to watch everything that can go wrong um, and not just watch it, but know what to do to fix it. Uh, and so what we do is we watch everything and we provide solutions to solve those problems. And you guys have had some changes recently. We share an office and I've seen you guys um, have some team meetings where you gather your whole team together, no matter what their job role is, and there's discussions going on of how to approach sales differently or how to even approach the product differently. How do you keep everybody excited and motivated and even willing to help with things outside of their role when that can be kind of stressful and an unsure time for people on a team? Yeah, it's a it's a good one. Um, I think that you know we've done a number of things wrong, but I think one of the things we actually did right was we hired entrepreneurs. We were very adamant about the fact that we were hiring entrepreneurs. We put entrepreneur in the title. We put it in the in the description to kind of scare off the people that aren't that type. Uh, so. You know, Dave has started a number of his own companies and still runs a couple. Uh, Justin has had his own company. Uh, Jonathan is is younger but entrepreneurial. Sean is the same way, um, and I would say Colin is. I mean, he's a data scientist, so he's used to doing math in a box. But um, he loves the entrepreneurial stuff that we're doing. So everybody's built around this. They know that they just have to do whatever it takes. Um, so we didn't have to convince them to go do something that's outside of their normal. Um, you know, job description, so to speak. And I think that personality type also let us always be really honest with everyone about how everything's going and what customers are saying and what we're seeing. Um, so they always knew the details of things. So when we figured out that we need to focus on email more broadly rather than just the performance stuff, it wasn't a shock. Everyone kind of understood. Um, and then they also had these, these other tangible benefits. So as entrepreneurs, they also wanted to learn how to do customer development better. And how to do marketing better, and how to do sales better, um, and how to like figure out product market fit better. So as we're all learning these things together, they're getting benefit beyond just oh, is this company going to succeed and, mm -hmm. and do well, and I have a job for forever. Um, so they, they're seeing these other benefits out all the time. So I think that helps to keep people motivated and excited. Right. And you actually mentioned something when we were talking earlier about the kind of the key thing you've learned in even the past six months of what it takes to motivate and lead a team. Yeah, and uh, so for us, for me, I, I always feel like the, the main thing that, that drives people is purpose, right? Um, and if you have a purpose, and, and it's not just a purpose for the company, it's, it's something that's really important to you, um, you're going to dive in and figure out and, and be excited about it and want to solve those problems. And I think early on, um, you know, we, we thought we had some products figured out. And so we kind of put the blinders on and just went forward. It's like, okay, here's what we're doing. You guys are focused on this. You're focused on that. Ready, go. Um, and I think we kept those blinders on too long. And so once we realized that, hey, you know what? Things aren't as good as they need to be. There are some things that are broken here. Um, you know, we took a big step back and said, okay, what are we doing wrong? And we realized that we just hadn't given the team the freedom to figure things out on their own, to be entrepreneurs. Um, it was core to our beliefs, but we weren't actually following through very well with it. Um, so we actually broke the team into a couple of different groups and said, okay, 
um, you know, here's here's our purpose. Here's what we're trying to accomplish here. We've got a couple of paths that we think we can go down. Uh, let's stop development. Let's split the team into two. Um, and you guys just go figure it out. Like, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Go figure it out. And it was amazing to see some of the guys and, and the girl, uh, you know, just dive in and figure it out. Like Justin, I think Justin's always the greatest example because, you know, he's a developer and he started his own business. But, um, you know, we had him just doing code and all that. He went absolutely crazy with doing cold calls and talking to customers and selling and all these skills that bubbled up that we hadn't seen in action before uh, was amazing. It was eye-opening to us. Um, and, and, and I think we, as much as we wanted to be that way the whole time, mm-hmm. Al and I didn't realize that we weren't being that way. Um, and our team didn't tell us in the way I thought they would. Like, we have a very open, direct kind of communication with everyone but I think there's just something different about the relationship of like founder to team even though we tried to everyone is just flat and we're all just together but I think that kind of feedback didn't come until we really dug to try to figure out why certain things weren't happening and then allowing that dialogue to happen in a very kind of safe nurturing good way so that people felt like they could say oh I think you're not letting me do what I need to do here Um, like Justin telling me hey like let me make my own architecture decisions. Those kinds of things, like you really want to not just have people say that, but feel comfortable and empowered in saying those things. Like they, they have to be able to do that. Do you think uh, empowering the team to kind of run with what they feel is right, at least within some confines of working mm-hmm. towards the same goal, um, do you think that lessened any kind of fear that something might be moving in the wrong direction or the company was you know, pivoting or something like that? Do you think empowering people to do something about it for themselves lessened any of that? I, I do. I mean, I think there's a very a very big thing in making fear worse is helplessness. If you're afraid of something and you feel helpless, you're very, very afraid and you're, you're really worried about it and stressed. If something bad's coming but you feel empowered, even if you still might fail, um, your fear goes way down. You can see this like in your personal life. It's the same way. Um, so I think once people had the ability to really assert themselves and and to do what they think is right, and you know not just put their ideas out there, but actually like, hey, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna try it. I think it's right. Um, once they felt that, I think everyone got a lot more comfortable. <clears throat> right, yeah. and, and the can, team got a lot stronger. Like, yeah, yeah, I can hear it in your guys' voices that they're actually motivating you. Like when you <laughs> you get so excited yeah. that they're off, you know, making sales calls and coming up with ideas and trying things. Um, I mean, both of you guys are just like lighting up because they're, they're motivating you as much as you're motivating them. It's true, and in a weird sort of way, it's it it has reduced the weight on at least my shoulders. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. Just knowing that it's not you know I don't have to to drive and dictate and and manage. Um, I just know that the team is going to be doing the right thing and figuring things out. Um, so it was, it was tough for us to let go. I mean, we mm-hmm. beat ourselves up all the time about how we didn't do this sooner. Um, but once you do and once you see what capable people are uh, capable of, uh, it's, it definitely helps. And, and, yeah, you're right. Like we're, I'm in a much better mood because it's exciting and the entire team's fired up about it. And, um, yeah, so it, it for sure is 100% positive experience for everybody I think and and I think you can you can look back like if we look at all the things that have gotten us to the knowledge we have today about better marketing 
tactics and better product formulation, all those things. Like they all came from ideas that I might have thought were wrong or bad to start with, but the guys, the team just pursued them and they turned out to have some really interesting things behind them, right? That, that are fundamental to what we're doing now. So I think it's really interesting to see how having that diversity of ideas on your team and letting people have freedom to run, even, even if you think, oh, I don't think there's anything down that alley. A lot of times there is. Right. Um, you know, none of us are wise enough or smart enough to, to see these things ahead of time. Like you really have to kind of get out there and explore. And having lots of diverse ideas and then people being empowered to be able to do that makes a huge difference. So how does this change your direction in terms of how you guys work uh, moving forward? I think it actually, you know, we still have the same like big vision for what we think the market's going to be like in five or six years. And I think we still have the same ideas about how we're going to compete with different other companies. Um, but the, the local solution, the next six months, 12 months, 18 months solution, I think those are the things where everyone having lots of room to roam helps a lot and it dials it in much, much better. Everyone talks to customers and everyone does sales and everyone you know, does their other core job development or whatever. Um, and that way we find much better solutions much faster. But the long-term things, you know, I think those things are still still out there, like where we think the market's going to go. So it just, I think it just makes makes the, the actual implementation, the rubber hitting the road much, much better. Yeah, I mean, you know, before when we were doing things, I would say incorrectly, <clears throat> you know, I was a guy doing sales. There were you know, four guys doing development, a data scientist, and Sean's were, you know, keeping the, she's the glue, keeping it all together. You know, I was kind of working in a bubble. Um, you know, I would occasionally get feedback from the team, but they weren't they weren't engrossed with the customer and feeling the same pains that I was hearing, um, and I wasn't conveying what those pains were well enough for them to really understand. And uh, even then, we had you know products that weren't right. So there was all these things that were going wrong. Um, and like Brian said, now because everybody's doing customer support, everybody's doing sales. Um, they, they all feel what the customer is saying, right? They all experience, we're all experiencing the same things. So it's easier for us as a team to go, you know what? Like we keep hearing this thing. Why aren't we addressing this? Um, so, yeah. So I think moving forward, that's, it's, it's, it's a hive mind instead of just a mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Um, so tell us where we can keep up with you guys online. Sure. So we just launched uh, emailcopilot.com. Uh, but, you know, uh, our company is embark.com. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Twitter, Facebook, and all that stuff. So slash embark or slash email copilot. Great. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. So next I talked to Angela Kwa, uh, the founder of Last Room. And they they have come through the trough of sorrow but we talked a lot about that year where she was trying to find what could motivate her team and how do we get through when we don't have a lot of positive signs to point to in the business and um we talked about kind of how metrics do affect even your development team um, and your customer service team and, and definitely the founding team and some of the techniques that she used to bring her team together to create that family atmosphere um, so they can make it through the hard times so Let's get into it. Born in December 2012, 
uh, as a mobile app for same-day hotel booking. So uh, first of all, we, we were trying to, uh, to be the first mobile application for same-day hotel booking in Latin America. Our ambition was to replicate the model of uh, companies like Hotel Tonight. Uh, we saw that business model. We wanted to, uh, to do the same and to be the reference, uh, the, 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 the most interesting application uh, of this kind of application in Latin America. So that was our we started. Uh, we meet as a co-founders during a startup weekend uh, on February uh, of the same year. Then in September we started with the development of the product, and in December we on, in December we released uh, uh, the first version of uh, the app, the first uh, uh, MVP. Um, the um, things uh, uh, changed during the uh, the first six months of uh, operations. Uh, even we were able to reach uh, um, a good good results in terms of downloads, in terms in terms of sales. Uh, we were uh, gradually understanding that the model was very very uh, difficult to uh, to maintain. Um, the the big problem is uh, in, in this industry is that all the travel apps offers basically uh, the same content. In, in which sense, we are trying to solve the same problem uh, in the same way with very uh, small differences uh, between between uh, different products. Yeah. So. Uh, Basically, uh, uh, if a hotel tonight is focusing uh, mainly on same-day hotel bookings, finally, is something is an application that helps you find uh, an, an hotel. So it's the same as Expedia, it's the same as booking, and. Uh, in the field of leisure travelers, uh, something that I'd like to to, uh, to underline is that uh, usually leisure travelers are always looking for the best deal. So they are not, they don't get married with anybody. They don't uh, decide, okay, since today I'm going to use only hotel tonight, only uh, booking, only kayak. No, they are just searching, they are surfing up dozens of uh, websites and mobile applications looking for the best deal available and today is you and tomorrow is another company nice so what was it like as you're kind of discovering this market and where you guys want to fit in it um what was it like motivating your team through this um we uh, we we passed through very hard times when it was uh, kind of difficult to to motivate people because um, basically uh, the rhythm is a, is lower when you are realizing that you are not trying to sell enough and that your product maybe is not enough attractive to 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 your cost to your uh, to the to, to the clients, to the potential clients you mm -hmm. uh, you you are targeting, um, it, it's kind of difficult to to motivate people. But uh, we, um, we we share our our worries to uh, to our co-founders uh, and also to to the other uh, to the other guys of the team. In that time, we were uh, eight people. And okay. uh, we explained that it was time to understand better our real clients and to uh, get from them 
the, the, the information we need to build a new product because what we, under, what we understood was that uh, the key of our success, maybe, <laughs> I hope it will be a success, <laughs> would, 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 stay, would be only in our clients because our clients will be able to share with us their needs, their problems, their, uh, the, the, actually the, the opportunity uh, of business in, in their specific uh, industry, in the, in the industry of business charters. So uh, what happened was was that we we try uh, to speak with our with the team to to share uh, to share uh, what we realize and what we were uh, what we plan to do and trying to uh, understand if they were able to follow us or if they prefer to give up because an important uh, thing at this stage of the company is to understand if the people uh, you are working with is are able to. Uh, to, to to take part of the challenge, to take part of of, mm. of this hard uh, um, hard challenge of uh, pivoting, and you need to to understand uh, if their mindset is the same, if they are able to go through this hard time to start again a new development to to start again everything with no guarantees that this time uh, things will be uh, will be better so uh, it's very important the communication this is my first uh, uh, tip or or uh, consideration regarding the the how we could motivate the team and uh, another another thing we did that we, I'm very proud to share this uh, with you because uh, it's a very um, it, it was a very uh, it was like uh, thinking out of the box because um, we the idea was to uh, make uh, our our uh, our guys fall in love with our idea uh, in the same way they were falling in love with Lazarum, but it didn't work. So what we did mm. was basically finding a new way to involve and motivate them. Uh, we invite them to a small town uh, to a trip, basically <laughs> to a small town okay. in the Mexican Caribbean. It's a very charming place. It's called Bacalar. There is also a lagoon there. And we spent together three weeks working on the architecture of this new product. And we were wow. eight people. So the five co-founders, uh, two guest developers, uh, which then became our uh, tech uh, tech guys too. So then they okay. they, they then uh, joined the team, um, and uh, these guest developers uh, join us just for fun, just for that uh, two week, uh, three weeks with no prom- with no uh, expectations uh, about uh, uh, being hired or something like that. And uh, we also invite one of our mentors uh, at Lazarum, which is an experienced executive at Expedia and is also a great okay. friend of us. And uh, he guides us during this initial phase of uh, product development. Uh, it was a very, very, um, it was an amazing experience, but it was very, um, how can I say uh, productive when when finally you, you think that it was it was uh, worth it it, it, it was um, how can I say um, um, I mean our expectations 
uh, were very high, and finally it was okay. uh, it results a very it results a very brilliant experience for us. So uh, it reinforced a lot. What kind of stuff did you do when you were there? We were coding. What kind of like? We okay, so you were, you were coding, but you were. Was it the fact that you were all? Um, in a room together and, and and all concentrated, or was it the fact that you kind of maybe got out of your regular environment to um, to build this? What do you think created this this experience? Um, I think that uh, it was uh, crucial to take a breath outside from our uh, usual environment. So moving somewhere mm. and working from another place, uh, it's very inspiring, and I think that. It helps also uh, to increase the sense of belonging of the team members. So okay. I, I, I recommend it in order to, to increase the relationships and uh, and to to rise the spirit because uh, we were at the beginning of a new adventure. So it was very important for us to start with the with the good step. So that okay. was uh, a, a smart decision that time. So for your team members, what do you think or what did you notice um, kind of got them excited? What, what aspects of growth did they seem to respond to um, really well? Uh, could you repeat the question? Yeah. So what um, like when you're doing, I guess, like team meetings, um, what aspects uh, did they seem to get really excited about? Was it revenue numbers? Was it number of downloads and users? Um, what parts of the business did the team, um, uh, were they motivated by when they saw, oh, there's growth here, let's keep going? Yes, I think that uh, what we couldn't see, what we couldn't uh, leave uh, uh, when we were working on last room up um, was that part uh, the part of having uh, approved that the development and the product uh, was having uh, success outside from our mm-hmm. uh, room outside from our office so right. uh, all our enthusiasm uh, developing something uh, inside of our office wasn't uh, getting with the same enthusiasm but by the, the client by the market and uh, I think that uh, when we start now working on, on Lazarus for Business and we are we are start having uh, accomplish getting accomplishments and results market results and uh, media coverage and opportunity to uh, I don't know mentions in blogs in, uh, in general in media uh, this is very mm-hmm important for the spirit of the team because uh, it's a uh, it's a kind of confirmation a sign that what you are doing is uh, uh, it's important that you are useful especially the tech guys because uh, sometimes we forget to involve them in in in, in the accomplishments of the company, market accomplishments. Okay. But it's very important to, to involve everybody, especially if your team is, is, is quite small, like, like, uh, like Last Room. Uh, 
yeah. at this point. So uh, we are trying always to, um, to, to, for example, to organize social events uh, to celebrate uh, when uh, we, we, when there is a small success to, to celebrate or a small step forward to, to celebrate. So this is very important for the spirit of the team. So how did you guys do that kind of on a weekly basis? Um, how did you keep the team updated um, of the progress? Um, okay, we used to have uh, weekly meetings, uh, mm-hmm. also uh, social meetings, not only meetings in uh, during working hours, but also social events like uh, we call them Lazarus drinks on Thursday night or Friday night and events where we are also talking about personal stuff and sharing uh, doing different things apart from working so uh, that okay. that is one of our uh, strategies techniques to uh, to keep the the team together and to promote the relationships within uh, the colleagues within the the members and uh, but also, uh, we would like to uh, to organize uh, weekly meetings uh, during working hours to uh, to speak about the results, uh, the the milestones, future milestones of what we already uh, achieved, and everybody uh, has the right to speak and to share and to uh, update the team about his job and his tasks and whatever so uh, it's yeah. something that we are we are trying to do also now when i'm not there but uh, we we do weekly skype calls to uh, to keep in touch with the okay everyday everyday tasks and activities so very cool and so where do we keep up with you online uh, yes, on <laughs> yeah, social media. We are on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Uh, we also use uh, Medium, but just for personal uh, for personal yeah. uh, sharings and email, of course. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you a lot, Michael. Finally, I talked to Mel Gordon, the co-founder of Tap Hunter, and she talked about how she keeps her inside sales team motivated. They're a totally sales-oriented company. Almost their entire team is made up of inside sales folks. And um, that can get a little interesting sometimes. And she talks about not only the challenges that she faces keeping them motivated, um, but she has like really specific tactics that sound like they work awesome. So anyone who's got a sales team absolutely should listen to this segment. So Tap Hunter is really two things. First, we're a set of online tools for bars and restaurants to manage and market their beer, spirits, cocktails, and wine program. So it helps them get more profits out of their alcohol program. And then secondly, we have a consumer-facing app that allows consumers to discover the fine world of beer, spirits, and cocktails. So that's what we do. Um, And our business model is we're, we're a recurring revenue model. So bars and restaurants subscribe to get access to all of our tools on a month to month basis. And you guys are primarily a sales team, correct? Yes. So the way that we acquire our customers, so we're a 12-person team today, um, half of which are inside sales. And so inside sales is the is 99% um, of the way that we acquire our new bar and restaurant customers today. So we're calling all across the U.S. So sales is tough, really, no matter what industry you're in. Startups, it seems extra tough because... 
there's still a lot of figuring things out going on. Definitely. How do you keep your team motivated, um, especially when such a large portion of your team are all salespeople and there's some competition involved? Yep, definitely. Tell me a little bit about how that goes. (laughs) So number one, the number one thing that I continue to hear, not only because recruiting's a big part of my job, right? We're always recruiting for our team. Um, So the number one thing that I hear from people that we're either recruiting or interviewing or just from the people on our team alone is that hands down, they want to sell something that they believe in. And that continuously is something that I hear over and over again. So we have people on our team that have great sales backgrounds, but sold gym memberships and they were really good at it. Mm -hmm. Right. But if that wasn't something that they were super excited about, well, that wasn't going to help get them to work every day. Um, So that's really a a big piece of it is everyone on our team is really, really passionate about the product that we have. Um, You know, we're we're interviewing a potential new recruit right now, and he was previously selling uh, print in the print world, Mm -hmm. you know, and he just that's not something he's super excited about. So how can he really get behind selling the product authentically? Right. Right doesn't work. <laughs> um, the other big thing is is a great culture, and I hear a lot of that in recruits. And some uh, two of our newer salespeople came from a previous company with the heavy inside sales, um, and they just were missing the culture piece. There's great salespeople there, but it wasn't family and friends and a group of people that they look forward to coming to work every day. You can have an amazing product and a really crappy culture. Mm -hmm. And so that's not good. It's not going to keep your salespeople motivated. Um, Sales teams are tight knit and culture has to start at the top. So I spend a lot of time on the culture at our company, which flows into our sales team. Do they work together or is there kind of a friendly competition? What's the... um yeah, I mean, they. it definitely is friendly competition. They don't work against each other. So to give you an example for Q4, there is a team sales goal. And everyone is vying and working hard so that the entire team can hit that number together, right? So that's very core. We, we try not to pin our salespeople against each other. It's very easy to do that in a sales environment with sales managers that might come from that side of it where they're, you know, pinning the sales reps against each other rather than all working collectively towards a big goal together. Right. Yeah. It's a very different motivation. Yeah. And I've worked in both environments and they can both work, but you have to be very careful. Right. Yeah. And it's a personality thing too, I think. Some people really thrive in that competitive environment. Yes. And some people don't. Yeah. And you can have a sales culture that is super competitive and cutthroat and at work, or you can have uh, that where it's more collaborative, but hopefully you're hiring to those traits and personalities, right? right? Yeah. Um, So you mentioned when we were talking earlier that you see a big difference in the way you might motivate an inside sales team versus an outside sales team. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think the big thing with inside sales is that you are sitting in the office every day all day, right? That is very different than outside sales where you are in your car and driving around most of the time by yourself, 
right? So if you think about the differences of an inside sales team who work very closely, probably within feet of each other, we don't have cubicles, so we're a very open office environment versus how do you motivate motivate an outside sales rep? It's totally different. Um, So motivation for inside sales is very um, around daily motivation. And there has got to be somebody on your team that literally is spending a certain amount of time every day who's there for daily motivation. That person used to be me, but as our company's growing, I can no longer be the full-time sales manager. So we're starting to train and groom other people on our team to, to be that person. So what kind of things would they do? So we have uh, structured sales trainings on Wednesdays and Fridays from 8.30 to 9. Um, Those consist of watching TED videos, going back over certain sales tactics, advanced training, what's working and what's not. Um, And it's a huddle. It's daily huddles. Think about it as a team sport. It's full on contact, but we're all in this together as a team. So it's a very sports mentality. Um, Our team leader that we have in place right now comes from a heavy sports background, and he understands daily motivation that's needed every single day. So that's pretty pretty key. Great. And you guys are doing a couple other things as well, I understand? Yeah, so another big thing, uh, and it kind of goes in that order, right? It's uh, they want to sell something they can believe in, so I hope you have a great product, right? It's the great culture. Um, recognition is a big one. So we're really big on recognition. And of course, good salespeople want to make good money, right? So our comp plan is designed to reward those people. But what I found out pretty quickly is that it's all these other elements that rank above a good comp plan. Um, It's the culture, selling a product I believe in, getting recognition, having daily motivation from someone. I mean, that's all kind of rolls into a greater purpose, right? Right. Um, and so recognition's big. We have our whiteboard so people can see how you're doing for the month. We also have our, da- our company dashboard so we know how the company's doing. Um, and then weekly recognition in our stand-up meetings for um, salespeople who are doing a stellar job. They mm-hmm. absolutely love that. Um, and that's, then that's overall... Really interesting, too, because I've read a lot about um, what makes people happy and a lot of managers and bosses think that it comes down to giving someone a raise or like monetary reward and it's really not like obviously to some level people need to be taken care of but Mm -hmm. it really is that greater sense of purpose and belonging and drive you know really believing what they're doing when they go to work every day and yes uh, not that money is not important obviously for salespeople it is especially when commissions are involved right Um, but you really can't have one without the other exactly the greater purpose is really important. And of course, being a startup, you know, like I, I'm not going to lie. And people on our team know this. It's not a secret. We have a great sales comp plan, but are there better ones out there? Yes. But when you come and learn about our company and interview with us, you realize very quickly that it's much more than just the comp plan and working for a fun startup and a really cool industry um, that happens to be about beer and spirits. That's great. Um, but it's about it's about the purpose part of it and coming today you know coming to work every day looking forward to it because it's not easy no <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy so those are a few um you know of the things that we do day in and day out consistently and so that's that the sounds key like that's the key too is is making sure it actually happens yes every day. you let up you think of the greatest sports teams they have coaches and 
assistant man, you know, all, all the way down. Think of all the coaches and assistant managers and coaches it takes to run a sports team. It's the same as a startup. And it can't just be the CEO or a sales manager. Everybody on the team has to feel empowered to keep each other motivated. Um, so we have other newer team members that, you know, will we'll keep the positivity up and help other people. So it, it takes everybody to do it. Awesome. This has been really great. For anyone who's not familiar with you, where can they keep up with you online? Sure. So you can follow us online at taphunter.com or Twitter handle is taphunter, or you can follow me on Twitter at Mel Gordon. And for anyone who hasn't listened, Mel did uh, an extended interview with us a while back. You can find it on rocketship.fm. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today.